here we are, yet another comedian with another podcast. They just released an article, uh, the CDC just released an article that said, if you do not have a podcast in the year 2020, you are not allowed to call yourself a comedian. So that's an interesting thing that's brand new. Um, so this is my version of a podcast. I'm doing what I can to try to contribute <laughs> to the endless well of internet comedy. Will I follow through with this podcast? We'll see, because many of you know I am the king. If you've listened to any of my other projects, you know I'm the king of giving up on podcasts. I will start a podcast and then abandon it. So, that's a good burp. I'm really glad I got that on audio. Very rarely do you get a good burp on audio. And most most podcasts, they would try to burp before they started recording or they'd edit it out. Not this one. Not this one, baby. We're going to keep all the burps, all the farts, all the background noise, everything. We're keeping this real. <laughs> burps, and I'm... This is the truth. A burp, like a good solid burp, is better than a fart any day. I don't care. Farts might be funnier. Like, if you can fart, it's funnier, but a burp is more satisfying. Especially if it gets volume and it rattles in your chest, you know? That's a good, good burp. I'm glad I got that recorded. I'm proud of that one. So here we are. A podcast. No pressure. That's the key to me. No pressure on a podcast. If there's pressure, I ain't gonna do it. So we're gonna try to do one of these a month, whatever, whenever I feel like doing it. So don't expect a weekly schedule. We might get there someday if uh, we get a lot of views, but, you know, we're not putting any pressure on this. We're just doing this to do it, because, like I said, if you don't have a podcast, you're not allowed to be called a comedian. Uh, so what is this podcast going to be? I don't know, man. That's why we call it indifferent, because that's kind of how we feel about this. Eh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. How is this podcast different than anybody else's? Well most people's podcasts will be successful. This one won't be. Um, yeah. How is this one different than everybody else's? Well, it's mine, okay? This is going to be 100% me. This is my ramblings. Will we have guests? Maybe. Someday we might have a guest on this. We'll see. Currently recording this in my bedroom because, you know, high dollar budget. This is... This is nice. I like this. This is great. So, what do you talk about on a podcast? Like, people, like, podcasts, most podcasts by comedians are comedians talking about comedy. I mean, I can talk about comedy all day, so... But I think, rather than... And you know what? We're not going to tie this one down. We're not going to tie this podcast down on a subject matter, okay? We're going to... I thought about calling it the Carl Gennetto Show, but I hate that. So we went with Indifferent. I feel like that's a great name for my podcast, Indifferent. Because that's just how we feel about all of it. And that's how the listeners feel. You guys are kind of just like, eh. Anybody who listens to this, I want you to go, eh, I guess I'll listen to the next one. 
That's my goal. Okay, so when I think, so when I thought about doing a podcast, I wanted to do something that I could talk about, especially for this episode, uh, the starting episode. I wanted to kick us off somewhere that I know some stuff about and like I can talk at nauseum about. And I decided uh, for the first episode, I wanted to talk about George Carlin. Um, for a couple reasons. One, I wish George Carlin were still alive so we could hear his opinions and his ideas of everything that's going on right now. Like, if George Carlin had a Twitter now, it would be the most followed Twitter page. George Carlin on Twitter would break the internet. And also, I've just, I've been watching a lot of George Carlin again. And I, and that happens to me with different comedians. I get, I go back and forth on swings. Like, I hadn't paid much attention to anything George Carlin for uh, about six months or more. And then I, I just recently got on another kick. So I've been paying more attention to him again. And when talking about Carlin, I, I always try to divide him. Like, there's so many different versions of George Carlin. You can't just... I don't think you could do it in one episode. Like, you can't just fucking... Because there's so many different versions of him. There's... And I actually, in my head, I have him divided into four different versions, which also means four separate episodes of this show. Um, the first ep- the f- the first section of George Carlin is this like this 1960s mainstream that guy the the character the 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 wonderful wino stuff like that. The second ver- the second characterization of George Carlin would be the 1970s counterculture George Carlin. Uh, and then the third is the 1980s tr- through the early 90s transitional Carlin. And then the fourth and final is the like social commentator elderly George Carlin, which is actually my favorite. Uh, the old old George Carlin like count like to late to mid 2000s, that's my favorite George Carlin. But we're going to start with the 1970s George Carlin. Uh, because I, when I think... I think the 70s George Carlin had more effect on comedy than any of the other ones. I feel like the 70s George Carlin is responsible for more... is more influential to more comedians than any of the other George Carlins. And I would think it, it would be probably hard to find a successful comedian working today or even people who are like from a couple years ago success like 10 years ago it would be nearly impossible to find somebody who didn't list george carlin in the 70s as an influence so carlin in the 70s he had he gave up he gave up his mainstream success because he did have, and I think that gets overlooked a lot when you talk about George Carlin, the success that he had in the 60s with his mainstream um, character comedy and sketchy bits. He was very successful. He had, he was on like a hundred different talk shows and he was selling out nightclubs and then he got tired of it. He, he wanted to become more natural. He wanted to become himself. And so he became the 70s hippy-dippy Carlin. 
And the counterculture, Carlin, is a better way to say it. He he did it gradually. He didn't just disappear and come up with a beard. He showed up, and he talks about it uh, in a bunch of interviews. There's all kinds of great interviews. If you are at all in- interested in comedy, there's an interview on YouTube. George Carlin, Too Hip for the Room. That's a really great interview. You need to pay attention. That's that's one of the best interviews. It was the last one of the last interviews he ever gave before he died. But in the seventies, he he kind of created a new form of comedy. He because he had just gave up on the mainstream success, and he was willing to just perform the, his way. He didn't want to be told how to do it. He didn't want anybody to tell him what was right, what was wrong, what was funny. So he just started being himself. And by the way, if you hear this noise, that's the air conditioner. I'm sitting right next to an air vent, which probably wasn't that great of an idea. But he started in the early 70s he made a record called FM and AM. And the genius of him was he had, he wanted to get all his old material onto an album. But he also wanted to put the new, who he is now, onto the same album. So he came up with the idea for FM and AM. And on the first side of the record is his early day sketch pieces, like Wonderful Wino, um... The news, um, stuff like that. The, just the classic character bits. And then on the other side is his new countercultural biographical observational comedy. And one of my favorite pieces on that album, and it's one of my favorite pieces of 70s Carlin material, is a track called shoot and it's a bit about the word shit and how and i'm not gonna do the bit but there's a line in the bit that you, you just look up george carlin shoot s-h-o-o-t there's a thing in the bit that we quote in my house all the time ah shit look at the noodles um that bit was one of the first bits he did about words and how uh, the perversion of language and stuff and how we twist words to have different meanings and they do and how we pretend. And when you really look at that bit, it's a start. That bit is the first piece where he starts really thinking about words, which obviously was a prelude to one of his most successful pieces of material, which was the seven dirty words, which came out on the next album, which is class clown. Um, Another, so the seven dirty words is one of the most recognizable George Carlin. It's probably his most famous piece of material. Not, and mainly, I mean, part of the success was because it, you know, went to the Supreme Court because they played it on a radio station. And that bit, that hunk of material, he, with that, he really, he really took one for the team with like, this is this is the truth. This is how we talk. This is 
I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. He, he, he presented comedy in a new context in the seventies. Um, but a thing about Carlin that he did that not a lot of people got away with, he, from album to album or special to special, you would see slight crossover. Not always, but a lot. There was a crossover on an idea. And you would see, like, like we'll say with Seven Dirty Words, it's a perfect example. That came out on the album Class Clown. And then that bit blew him into success. And then the next album was called Occupation Fool. And then there was a track on that album called Filthy Words, which was an expansion on the Seven Dirty Words and eventually became part of the Seven Dirty Words bit. Like when people talk about the Seven Dirty Words bit, a lot of times they're actually talking about the bit Filthy Words. But he expanded on the Seven Dirty Words and created Filthy Words. And I think what's interesting about that is you could see him... Uh, continually thinking about an idea. He would present you with an idea, deliver a bunch of jokes, a bunch of thoughts on the idea, and then the next time you'd see him, the next album or whatever, it would almost be like he'd be like, oh, and I've been thinking more about that. So, like, he created this new... It was like... And he did this all throughout his career where he would expand on ideas he had like you can see it throughout a lot of his hbo specials how one special will have this idea and then the next special will have the same idea but it's expanded and, and it's interesting to get away with that but he did and you almost waited for it you're like ah, oh, i can't wait to hear what else he has to say about this that seven dirty words bit evolved into the filthy words bit and then in the 80s it evolved into I can't remember. There's a number. It's like 400 impolite phrases that you can never say on TV. Something like that. I mean, he came up with this huge list. So he expanded the idea. For for a comedian to be able to come back to an idea and say, this is, here's another thing that I've been thinking about this. That's That's not something a lot of people get away with. But he did it, and he did it really, really well. Um, so George had three or four gold winning, like multi award winning albums in a row. And then, uh, his record career started to die off. People weren't buying his records. He still produced more albums, but record sales for him and honestly record sales for comedians at the time started dropping way off. And the way George describes it in some of these interviews is you can't be the, the, the fastest gun on the block forever. And that's true. But then this new thing came along called HBO. And HBO offered George a, a, a special, an uncensored television special. And it's actually misconstrued that George Carlin received the first HBO special, and that is not true. The first person to ever get an HBO special was a comedian, Robert Klein. Uh, so George got a special in 1977. It was called On Location with George Carlin. It was filmed in a college camp uh, on a college campus uh, in the amphitheater, and he just did his act. He did his 1970s 
here's the words, here's some funny things we say, isn't it goofy when you're at the grocery store? He did his act. And then in 1978, he got another special for HBO called George Carlin Again. And that was when he really started to expand who he was because he had to write a whole new special. And George, in that special, George Carlin again, we kind of see the first glimpse of the more social commentator Carlin. Now, it was an early form of that, but he did a bit in there about, he did two bits that I think really show a deeper Carlin starting to come out. He did a bit about time, and then he did a bit about death, which was not, it didn't, it, even when you watch the special, those two bits kind of feel a little bit out of place because the rest of the special is pretty much the, the 70s Carlin observations and all that stuff. But I think that special, he started to think a little differently. He started to be a little deeper. He st- and, and then he kind of went away from that in the 80s and then came back with it really hard in the 90s. But if you watch, if you, if you, Watch a large amount of George Carlin's work if you, like, over the years, you can watch him grow and you can watch his ideas expand as a person. And in the 70s, he he's kind of credited with creating observational comedy. Like the, hey, did you ever notice? And why do we do this? And you notice how sometimes when you walk in your house, like, he, he's cr- credited with creating that. And it's pretty hard to argue that point because up to that point, nobody really did that kind of stuff. Comedy up to the seventies and Carlin and comedy was kind of just like, God, my wife, you know, and uh, the pet, uh, the funny thing happened on the way to the, th- uh, the suits and the ties and the slicked hair. That's what comedy was. But then Carlin came on the scene just as this guy, George Carlin was without a doubt the first comedian that you would see and think, this is one of my buddies. This this is how me and my friends talk. We say things like that. Yeah, I noticed that too. So it's easy to talk about Carlin, about how funny he was and how um, insightful he was, but innovative. He's More than anything, he was innovative because he created a form of comedy that is probably one of the most successful forms of comedy to this day. Like, if you watch any stand-up comedian now, everybody has a joke and, hey, why do we do this? Like, everybody has that kind of a joke. The 70s with Carlin, I think, especially with HBO and the record sales, and I think people were just ready for a change. I think people were ready for a new presentation, a new idea. And that's really, people get, people get bored with what's there. And if you can be a complete, true original, you'll, you'll never not have an audience. People, people are looking for what's new. And I think George Carlin delivered that. And especially in the seventies, because here's this guy who's talking like your friend talks, but he's on stage Without George, if George Carlin in the 1970s hadn't decided to become George Carlin, it's 
it makes you wonder where comedy would be at because it wouldn't be where it's at now. Comedy wouldn't be. It, it just wouldn't. It wouldn't be at the level it's at with the, the, the huge. I mean, stand up comedy in the last couple, last five, ten years has just fucking exploded. Like, there's so many different. There, there's so many comedians in the world that you almost can't. You, you could never watch it all. There's. There's more stand-up on Netflix than you could watch in a lifetime. It's it's insane. Now maybe that's another episode. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. We'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about that at some point in the future. But I feel like Carlin he he was really good at reinventing himself because a lot of people couldn't do that. Like. But Carlin reinvented himself realistically four times throughout his career, and that's why I'm breaking him up into four separate episodes, because every time Carlin tried something new, it expanded him into this larger form of success that ended up propelling the Carlin, George ended up propelling him into a new form of celebrity or a new, and it actually ended up pushing stand-up comedy as a whole to another direction. And that's, and I think that's one of the things that gets overlooked about how important, yes, people always list George Carlin as a favorite and as a innovator, but they never really talk about how actually important he was to stand up comedy and how important he remained throughout his entire career. He, he was constantly creating a new form. He was, he was evolving throughout his, and if you can continue to do that with success, and actually change an entire industry. He repeatedly changed the comedy industry. So, that, yeah. So that's my George Carlin in the 70s. Like, there's other comedians from the 70s that I love too, but I feel like without George Carlin in the 1970s, comedy wouldn't be what it is. It, it just wouldn't. And there's other people that fall in that category as well. Steve Martin, I think, if he wouldn't have done what he did in the 70s, comedy wouldn't be. Uh, Richard Pryor, he did a lot for it too. Um, maybe more so than Steve Martin. But George Carlin specifically, he, he took, he took one for the team. He really, he said, fuck it, this is how I want to do it. I'm going to do it this way. I think that's important, especially for art comedians. To just say, fuck it, this is how I want to do it. Okay. So we will continue our Carlin conversation in a future episode. Maybe not the next episode. Uh, maybe the next episode we should talk about the inundation of stand-up comedy, how much there is. Maybe we'll discuss that. We'll see. Uh, yeah, so... This is what this podcast is going to be. It will not always be just me rambling on and on about a comedian or comedy. It's going to be, and I'll share stories, funny things that happened, uh, stuff on the road, stuff like that. This is just going to be my podcast, okay? This is, we're going to do this my way. And whatever I feel like talking about, whenever I want to put a, whenever I feel like recording one of these, we're going to record one of these and put it out. So that might mean one a month. That might mean two in a week that might mean i don't know i'm not doing a schedule because if i do a schedule and i obsess with this i won't keep doing it because that's what happens to me i get 
I get stuck in a loop and then I feel like, and then I can't perform it. And then, yeah, I'm not doing that because at the end of the day, I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm not a podcaster. I'm not a content creator. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm where I'm, where I thrive is on a live stage. But, you know, right now we can't do that because we're saving, we're we're doing what we got to do. And um, we're all looking for new ways to do that. And I've wanted to do a podcast forever, and I've never really been able to commit to it. But I feel like if I make it really loose and real relaxed, I'll be able to hopefully continue with it, even if that's a loose schedule of one a month or fucking less than that. I don't know. Um, if you listen to this, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I'm sorry if it was a little rambly. But that's a stream of consciousness. That's that's the way I talk. So, um, also, uh, I'm hopefully going to be getting back out on the road. I got a couple dates scheduled for August and September. Who knows? They might get pushed back again. We don't know. But I'm still trying to get more stand-up dates booked. Um, hopefully. You know, get some more booked this year. But if not, we'll have to wait till next year. We have to, we have to do what we have to do right now. So, uh, make sure you check me out on facebook.com slash comedian Carl Gennetto. Um, on Instagram at comedian Carl Gennetto. Uh, TikTok. You can follow me on TikTok. I do stupid shit over there. Uh, follow me at TikTok when that, while that's still a thing for six, another six weeks at comedian Carl Gennetto. And on Twitter, I'm at Carl G. Neto, C-A-R-L-G-N-E-T-T-O, um, comedian Carl Gennetto, C-A-R-L-G-I-A-N-N-E-T-T-O, follow me on that shit for all my updates, everything like that, um, yeah, we're, we're doing what we have to do, folks, and we'll keep pushing, and we'll get through this just like we get through everything, um, and you know what, even if we don't, if everything ends, fuck it, right, like, we had a good run, (laughs) We had a pretty good run. I feel like we did pretty good. Like, even if this is it. Human beings, we had a decent run. Yeah, there's some things we fucked up. And you know what? We'll be alright. Even if we don't make it. It'll be alright. But just fucking wash your hands, okay? That's, that's, wash your hands. And if you have to wear a mask, wear a mask. Alright. So we'll see you down the line on the next episode of this, whatever this is. Man, I am horrible at ending things. I need to just fucking hit the stop button. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm very bad at ending a podcast. I don't know, how do you end it? Like, you just fucking, all right, bye. Follow me on all the social media stuff. We'll see you in the episode. Thank you. Have a nice day. Have a nice day? What the fuck is that? That's not how you end it. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your week. I've, I've, I don't like saying that either. Thanks for listening. We'll see you down the line.